Eight times the Earth has been dominated with epochs of high technology and culture. In their era, the brightest minds and the cruelest leaders believed deeply that their reign would be eternal. Yet these grand civilizations were dashed upon the sands of time, leaving humankind to look upon the ruins, just as the peasants of the Middle Ages looked upon the mysterious remains of the once great Roman Empire. Now, we are on the cusp of an uplifting, the birth of a new way forward. The ruins of bygone empires lie dormant and broken, expectant of those brave enough to explore their darkest depths. Together, we are the crew of the Articus, world-weary explorers, vagabonds, riffraffs, and exiles. These are our chronicles from the Ninth World. I've had my bell rung once or twice in my life. Some people say they actually hear a ringing sound, but I never have. Just a constant vibration. It takes a second for your skull to stop reverberating so you can see and hear clearly again. And then there's that throbbing that makes it seem like it lasts even longer. Just like a bell will vibrate long after it's been struck. Until it passes, you could be effectively fighting blind. Which, after being struck with what felt like an avalanche, how I felt that day. Even through the din of the fight, I could hear Zadikus laughing at me. <laughs> Dad's gonna bite it! Ah, ah. Uh, protect your head, then strike! You're stronger than he is, love! He's like that more often than not. I don't think he's really sincere about any of it. Probably that silver dome on his head forcing him to apologize for the nasty things he says. You should worry about yourself, Zadikus. There's another one on our left. Astrid, not just a warrior, a soldier. She wears a hooded cloak that emanates unnatural, smoky shadows at all times, which forces me to imagine her as either jaw-droppingly gorgeous or an ugly hag under all that darkness, depending on how she's talking to me. Even though we've been together for a while now, I still can't figure either one of them out. Please start all logs with an introduction. Oh, how silly of me. You may not know who we are. Let me start over. I'm Love, and we're the crew of the Articus. A ship traveling the ninth world. This is log number 3-1. We're cruising at an altitude of... You know what? I have no idea how high this bird gets. It just sort of flies itself with no input from anyone. Wish I had the know-how to look into that, but instead I was looking out over the clouds from my hammock, just guessing at how high we were actually flying. Then there was a flash. Some sort of golden sky beam pierced our wing. I could hear the klaxons ring out through the halls. My hammock spun and I was deposited on the deck. I could hear Seba, our captain, yelling through a suit that keeps a deadly virus he contracted at bay. Everyone get seated and put on your harnesses. Did anyone see what hit us? Some sort of golden energy beam shot through our wing. Are we under attack? We should fire back. I don't think the Articus has weapons. Just hang on. What the hell kind of ship is this with no guns? Astrid. Joining this crew is your idea, if I die out here. Zadikus, I don't care if you saved my life or not if you don't shut your mouth this instant. Guys, squeezed too hard again and broke my buckle. <laughs> Ow. I don't think I can fix that right this second. Never mind, tying them together. Good, now hold on, we're going to crash. 
Oddly enough, it was more like a feather falling to earth than a boulder crashing to the ground. That didn't mean we weren't banged up a little. But I thought, in that moment, we all might have died. Safely landed, Seba checked with the computer while we all went to check the damage outside. There was a big hole in one of the feathered wings that hadn't folded in properly. Shards of teal crystal feathers everywhere. I wasn't sure how we'd ever fix this. I mean, crystal feathers just don't grow anywhere. Yeah, those crystal feathers should mostly grow back. They said that about my hair. Oh yeah, I've seen the Articus shed a feather from time to time. I was worried about that, but I've been on the ship longer than all of you and we haven't fallen out of the sky yet. Till today, that is. Wait, mostly? We have permanent damage? The Articus is made of heavy metals. Gold, copper, tarnium, all that stuff that makes it shiny and yellow. And when it spreads its wings, these blue and green crystal feathers fan out. Their job is to control the density of the ship. The less dense, the higher the ship can get. With a bunch of feathers missing, the ship can't get light enough to stay in the air. They're quite delicate and get damaged often, but that's okay, because the ship can just grow more. That's why you haven't seen any spares lying around the cargo bay. But? But the beam that hit us damaged some of the roots. Without the crystal roots, we can't grow enough new feathers to get back in the air. Ripper! The ship can run around on the ground, pecking like a farm animal! The good news is that we can scavenge some Jensen and make root crystals from them. We'll probably find some around here somewhere. Unfortunately, we still have whatever fired that beam to contend with. There may be some hostile forces in the area searching for us. I suggest Astrid go with Zadikus and Love. Find someone, a town or trader, that can get us some Jensen. What about you, Seba? I'll stay with the ship in case it's in danger again. And what are you going to do? You're not a warrior. I have some tricks, but mostly I'm going to negotiate. Anything with the power of that beam weapon can take us out easily. Even you, Astrid. At the end of the day, fighting won't get us out of this mess. Besides, Love and Zadikus will need your experience, especially in a fight. Love can punch down steel doors, and Zadikus... Oh, I'm a people person. Everyone loves me. Point taken, Seba. But if you lose this ship, I will murder you. Fair enough. We crashed in a place called the Beyond. It encompasses a huge expanse of the continent. They say it's lawless, but that just means the West Coast empires of the Steadfast can't control them. The laws of the Steadfast are terrible anyways. I should know. I was born in the heart of it. Rigid social structures, with the rich and the popular just lording it over everyone else. I'm glad I got away. The landscape we were traversing was rocky, with wild grasses and trees. Colorful bard birds were singing in the trees, and every once in a while, we could see a furry coterod or a scaly lack scamper away to burrow nearby. Anyone know what Jensen looks like? Can't say I'm familiar. They're common enough stones that grow naturally in veins all across areas like this. I didn't know you could use them to change an object's density, but what's more concerning is that beam that hit us. Where did it come from? Why did it hit us? And most importantly, why didn't it attack us again? Love, you saw the attack. I was just looking out the window from my hammock and saw a flash of light. By the time my eyes adjusted, I saw this wicked golden beam clip our wing. And then the whole ship shook. Or maybe it was already shaken? Either way, I fell out of my bed. You saw no other ship? Nothing on the ground that looked like a gun? Sorry, I didn't. By the time I got to my feet, the alarm was going off and we were already going down. Hmm. What's in your dome? Too many possibilities at this point. Saying anything would just... <gasps> we all ran towards the scream. Well, 
that's not entirely honest. Astrid ran towards the scream. Zadikus and myself followed. Funny thing is, a year ago, I would have ignored cries for help. In my home city of Key, you don't get involved in stuff like this unless you know that you're capable of handling yourself. Like Astrid is. It hasn't quite sunk in yet that I am capable now. By the time we caught up to Astrid, she was laying low behind a bush and observing the situation. Thirty feet away, a young woman was running away from a man that looked like he was a carved stone statue. They ran along the base of a cliff line. The girl, well, this is going to be embarrassing, but when I saw her, I fell in love with her. She had hair, like obsidian, the deepest blue eyes. She was practically glowing. No, she was actually glowing. I couldn't stop. I had to help her. I didn't want to stop. I needed to go. I needed to save her. I felt like she needed to exist in this world. That something as beautiful as her couldn't be snuffed out by a moving block of granite. It was gaining on her. Somehow, the rocky landscape didn't slow the creature down, so I threw myself between it and the girl. The statue was made of mottled stone, with white flecks and darker particles within. It moved fast in response to my approach, and I could hear Astrid behind me. What in the void is that boy doing? Zadikus, move! I don't want to be the one to tell the others we lost the kid. Don't be a drongo, love! Watch out! I did not, in fact, watch out. And a stone fist connected with my head quite firmly, causing a temporary blackout. For a second, I really didn't know where I was or what I was doing. Just that I was under attack and I had to fight back. <laughs> Dad's gonna bite it! Ah, ah. Uh, protect your head, then strike! You're stronger than he is, love! You should worry about yourself, Zadikus. There's another one on our left. Sure enough, another one had walked straight out of the cliffside, as if the cliff wasn't even there, left no hole or any other trace that had ever been lying in wait inside that cliff. It moved to cut off the girl's escape, or so I was told. I was too busy trying to stand my feet to notice, but I could hear Zadikus pull out his proton lash. I was blind, dizzy, and most importantly, mad. I knew where it was, and nothing was going to stop me from hitting it. I put everything I had into that punch, and when I struck it, it exploded into rubble. When my vision cleared a second later, there wasn't much left of the creature. The other one had stopped in its tracks as it witnessed the carnage, and then, just as quickly, retreated back into the mountainside. I could only imagine what it must have thought as it witnessed the destruction of its comrade. I was pretty proud of myself. I mean, I knew I was strong and caused some destruction in the past, like that seatbelt earlier in the day. But this time, I really felt like I made a difference. That I used all that strength to save someone. Okay, maybe I was wrong. Little Ripper's got something. I turned around to see if the girl was okay, and my heart skipped a beat when I noticed she was looking right at me. I think I made an impression, which was a new experience for me. While her glowing was faint, I could definitely see it contrasting with her onyx hair. I thought I was imagining it at first. It did take quite a blow to the head. Nothing was really in focus, except for her, and it was real, and she was glowing. You're hurt. She reached out and touched my head, and the glow coalesced into her fingertips. Suddenly, my vision was restored, my pain was gone. Wow. Ah, piece of piss, I can do that. Ah, ah. Thanks for writing my cobber. It was the least I could do. Thank you for coming to my aid. I am Annika, priestess of the Gilded Lord. Oh, no, of course. How could we not help? What were those things? Effigies. Cruel reflections of people devoid of souls. Sounds tough. 
How do they walk through stone like that? I'm sorry, but we don't understand everything about them, only that they can. They can also create small tremors, but when we apply the yoke of God, they lose those abilities. The yoke of God? It would be best to show you. Come, let me take you back to my village. That would be helpful. I'm Astrid Chanterelle, High Glaive of the House of Garnet. This is Zadikus Kane and Love. <laughs> Love? What a wonderful name. Is it? Of course. Love is the strongest emotion in the universe, just like you. Strong enough to stop an effigy with a single strike. Don't look now, but I think love's in heat. Yeah, just wait. Little root rat's gonna have that that luminescent, Sheila. <laughs> You've got to tell me. How did you come upon such strength? Even our strongest men can't match that feat. I bet they're twice my size, too. I'll tell you. But I'd like to know about your healing as well. Of course. This glow, my ability to heal, is a gift from the Gilded Lord. Three years ago, my mother came down with a great illness. It began slowly at first. She would get tired more often. Then her skin became splotched with great discolored spots and then boils. No one thought she would make it. I heard the Gilded Lord granted favors to his followers. So I went to the temple and asked the Lord to save my mother, and in return, I would devote my life to him. From that day forward, I was filled with his light, and with a single touch, I can heal wounds and disease. With the Lord's help, I was able to save my mother's life, and I have been his priestess ever since, dispensing healing to those who need it in his name. If you were a temple priestess, what were you doing out in the wilderness? You're a soldier of the Garnet Kingdom. What are you doing in the beyond? No, love. It's okay. I was here supporting a group defending our territory from the effigies. I was separated. I think they were targeting me, trying to get me away from my protectors. In cases like this, I'm supposed to head back to town and wait for the others there. So your defenders don't have healing powers? The Gilded Lord gives out to those in need and guides us through his word. You will see when we reach the village. But first, I'd like to know about you. Well, I'm part airship. I... don't understand. We live on an airship called the Articus. It looks like a giant golden bird it flies through the skies, but it's actually a machine. It works by changing its density, like a balloon that floats through the air because helium is lighter than nitrogen. The Articus can become lighter. It used to change its density. What does that mean? Our ship was attacked and now it's damaged. We're searching for Jensen, which will help us repair it. I'm sure if our town has any, we'll share what we can, but I can't say I've heard of it before. Wonderful. I hope we're not wasting our time. Be patient, Zadikus. Just because one priestess doesn't have it doesn't mean they don't have any. How are you connected to the... what was it called? Arcticus? Well, you see, um... how do I put this? I don't know, love. I'm not sure I've heard this story. Let me just show you. I think I did something crazy. Something I never do in the past. I took off my shirt for a girl. I'm not a buff guy. In fact, most people would call me puny, but taking off my shirt made it quite obvious. There, embedded in the middle of my chest like it was part of me, was a device holding a green crystal. It gave off a low, dull glow. That's part of your ship? It was. It's part of me now. Ha! <laughs> I'd be embarrassed too if I had a spotlight showing off my scrawny chest. But you're nothing without that. Ah! Oh, damn you, Skullcap. I will not be punished for this truth. Zadikus, are you okay? Take a breath. Yeah, I'm fine. 
Thanks for checking on me. This dome, it can be intense sometimes. I'm sorry, this was a bad idea. Let me get dressed. No, don't. Tell me, how does it work? Like the ship. It changes my density, but instead of becoming lighter, I get harder. <laughs> you should stop that before that skullcap gives you permanent brain damage. Just before I touch anything, my body changes, so I become just as hard, dense, and strong enough to damage whatever I attack. Ah, I feel like you're doing this on purpose! So that's how you destroyed the effigy. You outmatched its hardness? That's amazing! No, it's not. I don't have control of it. Anything I touch sets the power off. If I'm not careful, I destroy anything I'm holding. Cups, tools, doorknobs. If I had known, I don't know if I'd ever allow the ship to do this to me. The ship did this to you? It can make deals? I didn't even know the ship could have a conversation. When did this happen? It was before you boarded. Before anyone boarded. I was the first crew member as far as I can tell. Okay, love. I think you need to tell us what happened. If the Articus can talk, can do things, I think it's important we know what it can do. I hesitated here. As far as I'm concerned, this was private. The deal between myself and the ship was just that. Besides, not very comfortable telling people what I did, who I was before I was a member of the Articus crew, but I already revealed too much. Astrid looked at me from behind the shadows of her hood, and I could feel her unseen gaze. It was a pressure, one that I couldn't deny. So I told her. I told her just enough to satisfy her, and lied about the rest. You know I come from the city of Key? Well, in that city, they have a port that caters to airships. Most of them are balloon-powered, but the Articus was special, so I decided to explore it. It allowed me inside. The door weirdly opened for me. Inside, I heard a voice. It asked me if there was one thing in this world I wanted. I told it I wanted to be strong, and it granted my wish. What do you mean, granted your wish? Well, it told me it could perform a procedure that would give me great strength, but it was something I'd never done before. It said there would be a 90% chance of success and only a 1% chance I would die from the procedure. Seemed like good odds, so I agreed, but I had no idea about the side effects. I got mad, but the ship said it didn't realize there would be any. I couldn't be useful in the city anymore, breaking everything I touched. The ship let me become part of its crew, but then... Once we were away, it fell silent. It really hasn't responded to me since that day. Hmm. You sound lucky to me. Artifacts don't always give you a choice. Is that what happened to you? What happened to me was a great deal of mind your own business, priestess. Astrid, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that we've arrived at Annika's village. Wait, is that how it happened? Seems like we got there pretty fast. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong. Maybe I was staring at Annika? I mean, she was looking at me the entire time, too. Was I supposed to ignore her? Well, the journey isn't important. The fact is, we got there. It wasn't a large town. You might call it a village, save for the fact that there were no straw-roofed houses. Instead, the walls were a striking shade of crimson, whose seams, fittings, and roofs were golden. The homes and shops all led to a single large building, a dome tower, entirely golden color. The gates of the town were decorated in orange and inviting. 
The outside of the town were farmlands. Working the farms, you could see stone effigies, groups of them being overseen by a single human farmer. I thought you were at war with the effigies. Why are they working in your fields? They are in the service of the Gilded Lord now. Once our enemies, now they wear the yoke of God and become those that help the town prosper. The stone men and women had collars affixed to their necks. A new Monero that makes you behave? What a new and novel device. These creatures were attacking us, Saticus. Now we live in peace, just as we domesticate cattle and repurpose robots. That's wrecked. As we approached the gate, there was a man standing there, also with a soft glow. Attica, we're glad you're safe. We have wounded. Did we lose anyone? Not this time. They were treated once you disappeared. They were targeting me. These travelers saved me. Love, Zadikus, Astrid, you are welcome in our town. I hope you find the Jensen you are looking for in our market. If you'll excuse me, I have to tend to the injured. Will I find you after? Thank you, Annika. I think we can find our way from here. We'll see you soon. Annika left, leaving the three of us to wander the town. Let's get that Jensen and get out of here. We find a friendly town and good people, and you can't wait to leave. That glowing bunny is leading you around by your stiffy. These people enslave their enemies. Don't be a drongo, mate. Wake up! I can't believe you, Zadikus. I thought that dome of yours would make you behave. And here you are, bad-mouthing them. Yeah! Funny, that. I didn't say anything bad. Deep down, something told me it was the truth. I was trying to pull way above my grade. She'll find out the real version of me. Poor kid from Key that no one liked. Doesn't matter if I have powers or not. Nobody thought I mattered. And soon enough, Annika would have understood that too. The Articus is my home only because I'm a part of it now. Zadikus, Astrid, Zeba, they don't have the connection I have. They're here by choice. I'm here because it's the only place I belong. Just ignore him, love. After searching the market, we didn't find anything but a single stone carved into a piece of jewelry. Think this tiny bugger will do? No. Look, they didn't say how much or how big. I'm saying it's enough. No. I'm tired. The food scraps here suck. Let's just pretend it's enough. Zadikus, be quiet. Annika said she'll meet us. If we're going to find any more leads, I'm sure it'll be through her. Sure enough. Annika arrived as promised. Hello, everyone. Did you find the Jensen? Not enough, I'm afraid. Just this small piece in a ring. We'll have to move on to the next town. That's quite a distance away, I'm afraid. I have another idea, if you're open to it. Of course we are! Anything to cut this short! You could petition the Gilded Lord for help. Annika, we could- It's that gold tower, eh? Let's get going! You sure that's wise? Annika had to become a priestess to gain the Lord's favor. Yeah, yeah, most things have a price! Asking is free, though! How about you, love? I want to get the ship repaired, but... All I really wanted to do was stay in town and get to know Annika more. What? It's nothing. Let's meet the Gilded Lord. I mean, he gave you your powers. He must be amazing. He is. He's done so many great things for this town. He is our protector and guide. He is made of pure goodness. He's not a person? He's a god. Oh, yeah, of course. I just don't meet many gods. The tower was preceded by a sanctuary, where varnished wooden benches lined the area, all focused on the pulpit, which was located under the tower. Artwork, tapestries, and artifacts adorned the room. The room was empty, save for two sacred guards, dressed in red robes, 
and carrying javelins made of the same glowing light that healed me. Annika explained there was currently no service, but as a priestess, she had the right to petition her god at any time. Annika began to call out her prayer. I beseech you, Gilded Lord, Priyoshan Vagus, hear my plea. Your priestess and humble servant is in need of your guidance, your blessings. We are your servants, to whom you extend your protection. You are both the sword and the shield. You are the light. Come to me now and give us your word. Priyoshan Vagus? Priyoshan is a regulation application for the Grand Orbital Territory of Mercadia. What are you talking about? No clue. That furfy bollocks just came to my dome when she said pre-ocean. I do know this. That ain't no god. At Annika's command, the roof of the tower irised open, and suddenly, without warning, the room was bathed in golden light as a shimmering sky beam shot down from the heavens. <laughs> For a brief moment, the light shattered the inky, smoky shadows that emanate from Astra's cloak. Fortunately, I didn't get a good look when it happened as my own eyes were adjusting to the light. Only a brief glimpse of her face twisted in pain as her skin was burning. She turned away from it quickly, hunching down to protect herself from the light. Astrid! Zadicus began to use his own healing powers on Astrid, touching her in a similar way to how Annika healed me. I've seen Zadicus use his healing before, but I never noticed until just now. I wonder if there may be a connection. You Gronko piece of software, you're killing my friend! Administrator Annika, this creature is unauthorized. His words are against the divine code. Guards, remove him. Protocol stack 443x00001. The guards began to level their weapons, but Zadikus stood to fight, proton lash in hand. From his duster, his pet, a robotic snake with a glowing eye wrapped around his wrist, ready to fight anyone that would approach him. Come on, love. We can take these tossers. I hesitated. If I helped Zadikus, that was it. I would be expelled from the village or worse. I didn't know if I could do that. Thankfully, it didn't matter. Zadikus, no! No? If these people think a computer could be a god, then maybe I could be the man that destroyed a god. <laughs> Zadikus, you can't fight an entire village. The Gilded Lord has done much for them, protected them. You can't convince them by yelling at them, by destroying what they have built. Help me, help me outside. Love, it's up to you. Talk to the Lord, find the Jensen. I don't know. Love, Annika did this for you. Don't let us all down. Then, Zadikus left with Astrid to tend to her burns. I turned back to Annika, who was reveling in the light of the sky beam. I stared for a moment, awestruck by what I was witnessing. If this wasn't a god, I'm not sure what qualifies. It was pure light that spoke. It protected the people. It gave them miracles. It... It shot down our ship! Gilded Lord! I'm love of the Articus, a ship you shot down this morning. That can't be. Contact X-55 threatened the safety of my subjects. I enacted stack protocol 311 x 0032 in order to vaporize it. 
X-55 evaded, but was damaged and deemed no longer a threat. You see? He is our protector. Our lord is wise. No, no, we're not a threat. We're explorers, traitors. I must clear the airspace. We help Priestess Annika against the effigies. Does that sound like we're enemies? We just need some Jensen stone for the Articus, and we'll be on our way as friends, allies. Administrator Annika, verify. It is true, my lord. This man and his friends defended me when I was attacked by our foe. Love is very powerful and can destroy an effigy in a single blow. Scanning. Change in designation of contact X-55 to Articus. Use love. I will help you gather the Jensen you need to repair the Articus, but I require a sacrifice. You will remain here and use your power to secure and maintain this village. Like I said before, I've had my bell rung once or twice in my life. Never like this. Ryoshin Bagas has just struck me harder than I've ever been hit. My head spun, my vision blurred with the idea of leaving the place that I chose as my home. Then my vision cleared, just as it had before. And I saw Annika bathed in the golden light of her god. I had given up everything I had for the power of great strength. Now, do the same for her. Yeah, you have a deal. You do this for me and I'll stay. Love, are you sure? You'd be leaving your friends. They'll be fine without me. Besides, I won't be alone. I'll be with you. She smiled in return before anyone could say a word. A contract has been formed and filed. Administrator Annika, assemble a war party. A large deposit of Jensen is within the stronghold of the effigies at any 53,321A. Take love and recover it and any effigies for the yoke of God. Destroy any that threaten our safety. The beam vanished and the iris in the tower closed. Love, that was very brave of you. I have to go. Gather the warriors. Meet me at the gates in an hour. And that was that. I made a choice, and now I had to tell the others. I thought at the time that's what Astrid would have wanted. Anything to complete a mission, after all. I left the temple to see Zadikus and Astrid no longer feeling the ill effects of Vagus's light, chatting while they waited for me. Love, report! They're gathering a war party. The effigies have the Jensen. They'll be ready in an hour. Good job. I knew you could do it. You don't seem overjoyed. What's the matter? You gonna miss your glow, bunny? No. I'm staying. What? what? Are you sure this is what you want? Pioshin Vagas didn't give me much of a choice. He said he wouldn't help me unless I said I'd stay. Seems pretty standard for a piece of shit computer. I don't trust it at all. You don't understand what it's done for these people. Look around you. Everyone's happy and healthy. You're serving a glorified circuit board, Dag. It's only following its programming. It doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about these people. And it doesn't care about that girl. Next thing you know, you'll be calling it a god. Who cares? As long as it's helping people. Love, Zadikus, stop. Zadikus started it. He's always like this. No, it's not that. Zadikus, are you feeling any pain? No, why? You've been insulting Priocean Vagus. Why isn't your skullcap causing you pain? I think... Uh, well, it doesn't matter. Look, Dag, I'm gonna take a walk. Clear my head. 
Meet you and your war party in, what was it, an hour? Plenty of time. Maybe you'll come to your senses by then. I can't believe that guy. I'm not going to miss him at all. Fine, love. I hope you're making the right decision. We all met up back at the town gate with a substantial group of warriors. Most of them had a slight glow and could create weapons or effects from that glow. Annika was with them and walked with me to our destination while I shared stories of the Articus. I could feel Zadikus watch me during our travel. His walk did little to change his mind, and as for myself, I was trying my best to fit in with the war party, and especially Annika. The terrain became rocky again and then we entered a gorge, a valley surrounded by cliffs. Here was the village of the effigies. In the distance, we could see a city of stone, but something was off. The warriors began to point towards it concerningly, and they seemed surprised. We could see around it a dark energy shield. As the party began to reassess their plans, I heard a familiar voice. Halt, intruders! The village of effigies is under protection. Turn back now. Captain Seba? I thought you were guarding the ship. Love? Where are Astrid and Zadikus? Oh, they're here too, towards the back. Hold on, I'll get them. Who is that? It's my friend Seba. Stop the march. We'll talk to him. Find out what's going on. Seba asked to talk to us alone. I told him these guys were our friends, but he insisted. When it was just the four of us, he began. Those people you're with, do you know who they are? Followers of the Gilded Lord. They want to attack that village of effigies. In exchange for our help, they'll let us take the Jensen we need. Do you know about the people you're with? Yes. The effigies are creatures that remain in stasis for many years unless disturbed. That happened when your followers of the Gilded Lord invaded their territory to take their resources and slaves. I met them when they came to investigate our ship. I've been negotiating with them since. Ha! Saying I told you so never felt so good. No. Effigies are monsters that have been tracking these people down and murdering them. The Gilded Lord has been helping defend them. Love, have you ever known Seba to lie? I've known him to be tricked! It's okay, Astrid. Can you and Zadigus go back to the townspeople, stall them until I return? I think we can manage that. Zadigus? I can't think of ways to waste some people's time. Come with me, love. I want to show you something. As we walked, I told Seba everything that had happened. How we saved Annika, how she helped us, our meeting with Pryosh and Vagas. He stayed silent through it all, but even under his mirror-like mask that filtered his diseased breath, I could tell he was listening to every word. Then we arrived at the energy field protecting the effigy village. Went down for a moment, enough time for both of us to pass through. I don't know what you expect to show me here. I've already seen what they can do. Just watch. I stood there for a moment, watching the effigies live their lives. They weren't so different from us. There were women chatting as they ate strange stones at a cafe, a busker creating joyful music nearby, two stone men playing a board game, one coming home after what looked like a long day of work. They wore clothes, clothes made of fabric. The effigies I saw hadn't had any. Maybe they can't move through stone with them on. But why didn't they have any in the farmland? Maybe the townspeople didn't know. Then, one of them recognized me. Everyone! Take cover! Run! That's him! That's the human who murdered Talos! Must have been the second effigy that attacked Annika and escaped. My mind raced. I didn't know what to do. I 
and moved closer to Seba for support. You should apologize. I... I'm sorry! I didn't know! There I was, apologizing to people I saw as only monsters just moments ago. Finally understood what Seba was trying to tell me. What? What did you say? I had no idea. I thought I was protecting someone. I wish it never happened. His name was Telos. What can I do? Come on, love. Let's go. I'm sorry I brought him here. He won't return again. We left the effigy village and headed back to the war party. So, love, do you still plan to attack? I have the Jensen we need. I've already bartered for the Jensen. They have a very powerful shield that needed repair and a power supply. We got one from the Articus that was usable. It was more than an equitable deal. So we can leave? Not quite. With your war party in the canyon, I can't get the Jensen out. We'll need the FGs to help move it, you know. The shield is quite powerful. I don't think the townspeople will be able to penetrate it. So we can stay here until your friends leave. Yeah, about that. I don't think I can stay with you any longer. I promised I would live in the village. Ah, yes. The deal you made with Priyoshin Vargas. You know, they didn't supply you with Jensen. Without living up to their end of the deal, you don't have to live up to yours. I thought about this for a second. It made sense, but... I couldn't do it. I still can't. There's a girl. I see. Well, I wouldn't want to get in the way of your happiness, love. But could you really be happy living in a village that keeps people as slaves? That follows a god that tricks them for its own purposes? Maybe I can teach them? Show them a better path. Perhaps. Seppa was skeptical. I could hear it in his voice. I'm not sure, but maybe he already knew the outcome. When we arrived back at the war party, they were already becoming agitated. Love, I'm glad you're safe. Astrid said we shouldn't move until you were done scouting. What is that energy field? Annika, tell everyone we should turn back. I don't understand. What about your Jensen? It doesn't matter. We can't fight the effigies any longer. They're not what you think they are. What are you talking about? They tried to kill me. It's not like that. Come on. Let me show you. No, let go of me. They've done something to you. The commotion caught the attention of the warriors of Vagus. Hey, don't hurt her. I'm not. I would never. Look, the Gilded Lord is lying about what's happening. Love, how could you? You know what the Gilded Lord's done for me. This isn't you. They've changed you somehow. I'll never let you do that to me. The Gilded Lord will protect us. More warriors began to converge on me looked at Annika, and she looked back with hatred in her eyes. The same hatred the people of Key gave me because I was never good enough. My heart broke as I saw the truth for the first time. I backed away, scared at first, but then an anger grew in my belly. I turned towards the canyon wall and began to strike at it with all my might. Rock shards exploded from the wall, causing the soldiers to hesitate. Then boulders from far above began to rain down. The men scattered, grabbing Annika and retreated. I continued. Maybe I wanted to bury myself, but all I can remember is just wanting to smash something. That's when Seba grabbed me. It's okay, love. They're gone. You can stop. Why? It's not fair. 
I sat there for some time. Seba, Astrid, even Zadikus didn't say a word. Not until a small group of effigies joined us with a crate of Jensen, ready to return to the Articus. And here we are, all fixed and ready to go. And here I am, giving my report. A little distance from the situation has given me some perspective. I'm sure I wouldn't have been happy in that town. Sooner or later, Attica would have shown me who she really is. Hey, love. Oh, I didn't know you were talking to that machine. You never talk back? I'm just adding to the ship log. Yeah, look, I just want to say, I'm glad you're back with the ship. It wouldn't have been the same without you. Thanks. Sorry I didn't listen to you earlier. <laughs> yeah, everyone should really do that more often. It's too bad we couldn't explore more. You seem to have a connection to whatever that was going on there. Oh, it wasn't a total waste. <laughs> Check this out. Is that a yoke of God? Yep, stole it when I took my walk. I bet it has some of the same tech that's in my head. Want to help me check it out? You're not going to use that on me. Doesn't work on humans. Already tried. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Articus and Log. Thank you for listening to Chronicles of the Ninth World, a fan fiction for Numenera, the tabletop role-playing game by Monte Cook produced under their fan use policy. We are in no way affiliated with Monte Cook Games. This was certainly a labor of love with plenty of trials in its making. While we are extremely proud of the end result, at this time, we're uncertain if there'll be another. If you want more, show us by rating this podcast, telling how much you enjoyed it in the comments, and most importantly, sharing it with others to spread the word. Chronicles of the Ninth World is a production of the Dead Unicorn RPG Club and its members. The writer, producer, and voice of love is yours truly, Corey Coolidge, and the cast in order of appearances, Howard Teal, Crystal Coolidge, James DeWitt, Tarek Hafez, and Sasha S. Numenera and its respective logos are trademark of Monty Cook Games LLC in the United States and in other countries. All Monty Cook Game characters and character names and the distinctive likeness thereof are trademark of Monty Cook Games LLC. Content derived from Monty Cook Games publication is copyright 2013 to 2022. Monty Cook Games LLC.